Hello, hello. Yes. It's the final Big Finish Christmas podcast. It, it really is. Good. Yes. The final Christmas Big Finish podcast of 2012. And there certainly won't be another one. A final Ooh. Christmas Big Finish podcast of 2012. I mean, are you trying to speak, David? Ooh. Now, just to let you know that this podcast will end with a tender 10-minute slice of the Christmas installment of the Confessions of Dorian Gray, Ghosts of Christmas Past. Oh, yes. Now, in a moment, I'll introduce you to our guests. But first, I just wanted to say a huge end of the year. Happy holidays. Thank you to everyone who's contributed to and supported Big Finish this year. We've had a great year. There's been a lot of love out there for Big Finish from almost everyone except Matt Michael at Doctor Who magazine. And even <laughs> he's been a bit nice sometimes. But remember, just to be on the safe side, best not to read his reviews. Now to our guests. First off, and he's not really a guest. David Richardson is back in the office. Hello. Hello, Nick. All right. <laughs> yeah. He's a bit worried. He's a personal friend of Matt Michaels. Next, a man I've been working with for many years. He was the script editor of the main range of Doctor Who audios when I first became executive producer. And I'm very glad to say he's still here. Alan Bards, hello. I'm still here. <laughs> In my script, it says Alan speaks. Is that the, is that the full amount? Uh, yes, I speak sometimes. And now then, brace yourselves. It's a chap who I first met when he directed me as Sherlock Holmes in the Speckled Band on stage in 1999. He joined Big Finish a couple of years ago as a regular director. It's Ken Bentley. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and I won't hear a bad word said against Matt because he wrote something very nice about me in DWM. Yeah, recently. you see. It's just me, doesn't like. And actually, I started employing him. Have you? I st- well, I did. I In was the, the first person to employ him. It's I your fault. <laughs> we love you, really, Matt. We You're love fantastic. Matt. Oh, uh, and there's Paul Sprague too. Whatever. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're going to do that competition result later, aren't you, Paul? Yeah, I might not bother now. That's all I'm getting. <laughs> no. Stand by for that. Stand I've by. I've worn these specially. Yeah. Oh, we should just mention that Paul's wearing his. Family Guy Christmas lounge pants. What do we all think of those? Nothing. (laughs) We're lost for words. (laughs) At least it's not a onesie. (laughs) Oh, you don't know what's underneath. Anyway, no, let's not go there. Uh, Now, I've been asking people this week uh, what Christmas means to them. I just wanted to say that I realise also that many people listening may not celebrate Christmas for all sorts of cultural or religious reasons. So I'm sorry if I've made any of you feel a little bit overlooked. I'm not a great one for Christmas myself for all sorts of personal reasons. But I can't help noticing that there are a lot of people about who do celebrate Christmas. I'll be celebrating it this year for the sake of my three-and-a-half-year-old son, who's unfathomably in love with Christmas trees. He says, they're so beautiful, Daddy. Is that cute or cloying? You decide. Anyway, just a reminder that this is all being recorded as live, which is why it may be be a bit rubbish. Uh, David, you've returned to the office. What have you been doing? Drago Life on Nick, Series 7. It's very short answers today. Okay. Well, well, we we only asked him about this about three days ago, Nick. I know, yeah. Not a lot has changed since I was last doing Jago and Lightfoot, except there are more episodes recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Alan, do you want to talk about Christmas this time of year, that sort of thing? I don't mind a Christmas Death in Blackpool, why are you such a miserable (laughs) git? Oh, I want to actually... One thing I've got scheduled in for my holiday holiday Christmas, my holiday listening, is Death in Blackpool, because I think it's fabulous, Alan. 
you don't like Christmas either. I do. I love, no, do. I love Christmas. I always um, think it's very melancholy. I always think it's, it's it can be a very yeah. sad season. Well, there are both sides to Christmas. I think. I think, the, I think the end of I Death in Blackpool is beautiful. It makes I think me that's blubber. the meaning of it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, um, Ken, yes. you look like someone who doesn't ever want to hear Death in Blackpool now. I'd just like to confirm the language that is acceptable during a live podcast. That's all that <laughs> it would strike me that that one isn't. <laughs> Oh, what did you say? What? What, what Christmas? No. <laughs> Don't say Christmas. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Well, you've dealt with Christmas then, Alan. What, what about... Uh, who are your big Finnish stars of the year? Whose work have you oh, particularly liked? Oh, God. Well, liked? They, they've all been fantastic. Oh, um, no, they have. They have. I mean, everybody, you know, we, we have writing for us is all... Um, uh, you know, fantastically talented, in, in all in very, very different ways. And what you want to try and do is sort of... Um, um, find ways to magnify their talents and, you know, make them sound better than they ever thought they could. Shucks, that's the nicest thing you've ever said about anyone, ever. <laughs> this, this is Christmas, this is what it does to me. Have so. you got something in your teeth? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I have Ken, to have a glass of wine. Ken, Christmas and all that, blah, blah. Quite like Christmas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we have got to get some better yeah. guests in next year what have we done Christmas is always a bit of a busy time for me because well, um, yeah. we've always got lots of recordings in January Oh yeah. so yeah. I'm always casting as we are right now right up to the wire um, on Christmas because all the agents close down <laughs> that's a brilliant bit of audio work there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I always have a, a, a crazy November and December because you know we have so many scripts to, to get out because mm. as, we, as Ken says you know all the agents close down and we, we have to um, hire people you know for the January recordings you know or February even you know long yeah. before so uh, you know I've just spent the last few weeks um, sorting out all the next Fifth Doctor trilogy and, and then straight on with the um, the Seventh Doctors for July to September next year. Wow. Um, and I was spend, spending my entire Christmas um, very much engaged on the September release. <laughs> so, Get so on to, with it. To answer, your, to answer your question, I quite like Christmas because partly because the agents closed down, it means that for one week there's nothing I can do. I can no longer function. Unless, unless I've got post-production edits to listen to, I may have one or two of those. But apart from that, it will be uh, yeah, quite a nice week off, I think, between Christmas and New Year. I'm going to Brighton for a couple of days. Are you? Mm. Oh, nice. I'm going to be finishing my novel. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about, you? who are your stars for the year, big finish-wise? Oh, blimey. I find, it, I find it so difficult to ask. I have such a small capacity hard drive that everything I've done I have to delete um, yeah. in order to concentrate on the things I'm, I'm going to be working on. Um, just anyone, just anyone who occurs I, to you then. No, I can't, I don't, I can't. I don't necessarily mean actors or right, just anyone. Like It could be, it could be Paul Sprout. <laughs> it could be Paul Sprout. Wait, that was too much <laughs> laughter, Richard. <laughs> that was such a horrible it laugh. It could have been. I think we've got to create a Doctor Who monster who laughs like that. <laughs> yes. Um, everybody. It's been, um, uh, it's been a, uh, an enjoyable year, actually. No, actually, one person uh, stands out for me um, oh, yes. this year. Um, and it is um, Mr. Richardson. Oh, uh, yeah, don't yeah. stop! No, don't. <laughs> he's taken a he's taken a new approach to to scheduling since oh, yes. the summer, and uh, the second half of this year has been a much more civilized scheduling experience oh. than it has been in the past. 
And that's uh-huh. all thanks to David Richardson. So well, that what have you done? Turned it over to someone else. Um, I, set, I set this rule that we wouldn't be in the studio more than three days a week, hmm. which has worked um, out for Ken, but not necessarily for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over the moon. <laughs> I don't like to do more than two days in a row in the studio because I just get too tired. Aww. So do I. So I just leave a, a you know, so do two and a, mm. a gap and then another. So this is what happens when you employ octogenarians in all the key roles. Terrible. Yeah, I just want to make my own personal huge thank yous to the following people for the following reasons. I, at the top of my list, was David Richardson for just continuing to be great, cool analysis, great organizer, brilliantly creative ideas. Thank you, David. Thank you, Nick. He hasn't got you a present, though, has he? No. (laughs) That was the present. (laughs) Hang on, I'd better add him to my list. Uh, it was on the hate list, wasn't it? Uh, Alan and Ken, you're brilliant. Thank you. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> you all, just ruined it? the moment. You are, though, honestly, really. It's You've just lost the Christmas! Can I just say he doesn't speak for me? <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to say Toby Robinson, who runs the Moat Studios, does the recording and the lunches. He's become a great friend of mine, and a big finish just wouldn't work without him. He's such a generous, intelligent, and thoroughly fascinating fellow. Always like a good chat with him. Now, also, Chris Griffin, who was here yesterday, our marketing gnu. But he's, he's all nervous. He was, oh. he was. But he's so much more than that, a marketing gnu, as well as nervous. His insightful analysis and organisational skills really saved Big Finish's bacon this year. As you know, we had all sorts of website problems, and it was Chris's clarity of thoughts that really brought us to the secure point we're sitting in today a great website that keeps improving thanks to the great support of Hughes Media who I've already thanked this week on the script front I'd particularly like to thank Matt Fitton his script for The Wrong Doctors The Return of Mel with the Sixth Doctor in January is brilliant his script for my storyline The Seeds of War is amazing and he's working with Alan and I on the follow-ups to Dark Eyes more news on that story next year but anyway (laughs) Thanks, Matt. We love your work. Paul Sprague. Oh, no. Uh, who, are your, who are your heroes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. Well done. Well done. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, actually, at some point during this podcast, but it may as well be now, that it's been uh, lovely working with you and David all year, because I, I so rarely say that. Oh, thanks. Because you rarely see us, that's why. Well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> partly that, yes. But, you know, you're just great fun to be around, so it's, it makes for We're in contact good... all the time on email. Yeah, and it makes we? a lovely working environment, so I appreciate that a lot. Yes, in a horribly smug sort of way, we are we are very happy with the way things work at Big Finish, don't we? We yeah. seem to work I like the fact that neither of you are ever here, so I can, <laughs> so I can do what I like in the office. <laughs> We yes. need to set up a We've cleared all that. Oh, the so girls that have do. been through that you have no idea about. <laughs> David's eyebrows just went so high they fell off the back of his head. <laughs> um, uh, and I, of course, Paul is our hero, isn't he, folks? Hey, yes. Um, how about some emails? Uh, I know there have been a few particularly relating to the Big Finish Christmas podcast. Alan's expiring over there. It's just, what am I doing? I don't get allowed that much. <laughs> There's definitely something in his teeth. It's going to be his face in a minute. Yes, go on. Let's have an email. Um, hey there, Big Finish gang. It's hey. me again. Firstly, thanks for reading my mail on today's podcast and thanks for letting us all know about Sherlock's continuation. Also, I'd like to say well done for Paul in his attempt on my name. 
Yes, it's written Légion, but it is pronounced Legion as in French. So I think that's Légion. How do you pronounce Legion in French? Everyone's giving me a, a very I helpful think. silence. I believe I, I have the flame so to. I, I believe I have the flame to fame. I think that should be claim to fame, or is that a new expression? The flame, flame to fame. Fame of being the only burn. one in the country. Anyway, Merry Christmas again, guys, and have fun in the Carlo bunker. It's good, isn't it? Thanks. Uh, wasn't there one? That, there was a question for Alan in one of them, wasn't there? Uh, yes, there was. Yes. Uh, Kevin Veyey says, despite only just discovering your Doctor Who audios in the early summer of 2011, I've become a very avid listener of them. They provide a way to keep me going until the show comes back on TV. Plus, it's a brilliant way for fans to get to know the classic Doctors without having to be burdened with seeking out the classic series, as well as experiencing Paul McGann as the Eighth Doctor outside of his sole televised story. Speaking of which, I especially liked last year's trilogy of main range tales with the Eighth Doctor and Mary Shelley as a companion, and I'm hoping there will be more to come with that pairing sometime in the future, as it makes so much sense when you think about the stuff she wrote about. I also really liked this year's Dark Eyes, and I felt it was the perfect coda following the tragic events of To the Death. Now, I have a couple of questions for Alan Barnes. First of all, how did you come up with the idea to make Mary Shelley a companion of the Eighth Doctor? Ah, well, that was just a, a, a throwaway little bit of business at the top of Storm Morning, which was the first Eighth Doctor release we did, and that was the first thing I wrote for Big Finish. And, and it just starts with um, just the sense that he's just had an adventure with uh, with Mary Shelley, and he's looking at his TARDIS library. I was just sort of trying to establish the, 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 the big TARDIS with the library in it. And I wanted a bit of book, and I wanted a bit of book that was out of copyright, because then we could quote it. Um, and, uh, and and, and I, I knew Frankenstein really well, and I knew that little bit of... And I just liked the idea of him saying, no, it wasn't like that at all. You know. Uh, so it started out like that, and then um, in in loads of other Eighth Doctor ones I did, I just had little jokes about about him just coming you know coming round after being knocked unconscious, and he'd say, oh, Mary, Mary, oh, this, no, I'm not, I'm not there, I'm here. I'm here. Um, so there'd be that sort of running joke. And then... Um, so when we came to do the little four by one release, which was other companions of the Eighth Doctor, I asked Johnny Morris to to just do a Mary Shelley story because it seemed a natural, funny thing to do, and she worked brilliantly well. So you know, we did some more, and you know, we might even do some more one, one day. You never you know. You never know. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. That was entertaining and interesting. Informative, too. Informative. That was the other word I was struggling to find. <laughs> this second question is actually more directed at any of your writers, but we'll just go with it. Which incarnation of the Doctor is your favourite one to write for? I'm probably opening a can of worms with the latter question, but I've been wondering this for a while. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have planned for Doctor Who's 50th anniversary. Keep up the brilliant work. P.S. Good going on getting Tom Baker to come back for some original Fourth Doctor stories. My mom is ecstatic as Tom is her Doctor. Is he? I didn't know. Is that a sideline that Tom's running? <laughs> <laughs> He's a GP. Uh, who, who is your favourite Doctor to write for? Um, I, I, for legal reasons, I can't name one. No, uh, I'm always astounded, actually, when I am writing for a particular Doctor, how different they all are, because one has this view where you step back and you go, oh, the, the, they fulfilled the same function in the storyline. It's quite fun when you think, oh, no, this is going to make it totally different that it's the sixth Doctor yeah. or that it's uh, the fourth Doctor. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, the thing about writing for Tom's Doctor, that was, you know, the first time I'd ever done that when I was doing, um, you know, this recent series of them, and I suppose that felt very special. But I, I do love writing for them all, um, and I have, I have written for all the big Finnish yeah. doctors. Yeah, so I, I, there's the thing with the Paul McGowan ones where you still feel like you're charting new territory, 
a little bit. So that's yes, you, you can, you know, we we can actually genuinely change him. Yes. And that's grown because of our relationship and my working relationship with Paul and stuff he said to me about what he likes and what he doesn't like. So that's, but I can't say that, you know, there's anyone I massively prefer over the others. I just love writing Doctor Who. What about you? Um, I think that possibly the one Doctor whose voice sort of elides most with my voice is, is possibly the fifth Doctor. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel more like the Fifth Doctor, and therefore I slightly enjoy it more because it's a little bit more like. Put- I- I'm definitely not like Tom Baker, the Fourth Doctor, but and I'm definitely the- not like any of the. So I-, I just feel like the Fifth Doctor is nowhere near as miserable as you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but he always ends us surrounded by dead bodies and misery. <laughs> so so no, hold no, on, I- let's like just he- let's just phone the police right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're already on their way to pick up you after yesterday, aren't they? That's right. My confession about curry theft. Yes. Anyway. Oh dear. Curry Gate. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. No. I. I. I think that. Um, I, I like the way he he sits in scenes. He doesn't sort of necessarily bound in the room, you know. And I, I like the way he's always sort of struggling to keep up. He's a bit of an underdog, and I think I quite like that. Hmm. Um, you know, because I, I feel a bit more like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. But um, but I mean, violin. you know, I, I I enjoy. I mean, I like you. I've, I've done the lot. I've, I've collected the set. Um, so um, I hadn't realised that about me until just that moment. Yes, there, are, there aren't many of us. I think there's you, me, Johnny Morris. Yeah, I'm not sure. We've had the set. Anyway, um, uh, yes. So that I think. Okay, that's, yes. I think there's an answer. Oh, Andrew Smith. What uh, rank of police officer is he? It's quite, <laughs> no he's quite idea. frightening. It's quite frightening. Is rank. He gave me his business card. It terrified me. I had to throw it away. <laughs> he is a Doctor Who writer. For those who don't know, it's just that he tweeted me after my curry confession yesterday that you're all in the dark about. But he said you will be hearing the sound of sirens during today's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I said you've got me banged to rights, copper. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Stephen Fuller has emailed in with the, with the subject line, Nick was in Toronto, and then just, Nick, I stayed there for a bit. Toronto has a big sci-fi convention every year. Maybe you and Paul could show up with a big finish booth. It would be great to chat with you guys someday. They should invite us. <laughs> that would be the key. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Toronto for about two hours. In an airport. Dead air. Right, another, <laughs> another email. Ralph Burns has written, Hello, Big Finish. You may make excellent audio dramas and all that, but the burning question of the day is, what does jovial Paul Sprague look like? <laughs> oh, well, don't get me started. <laughs> what does he look like today? We, we hear his jaunty tones weekly on the podcast, yet his visage remains a mystery. For all of the adoring fans of his comedy genius, it would be great to have a picture of the Spragster on the website to see if he matches the picture in our minds. That would be something to look forward to. Oh, he's written forward. Now, you've just sent that email to yourself, haven't you? P.S. The Spragster must appear in whatever you have planned for the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. I'm sure you could be someone screaming in agony in the background. (laughs) I might still be later on today. I think the the photograph that goes with this podcast will have to be just a big shot of Paul Sprague's face. And then no one will ever ask again. It's got to be a full-length shot today, surely. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it will. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, Paul, do you want to uh, deal with um... what the competition? Yeah, <laughs> it's playing now. What the, the special competition music? Yeah. Hey, but I can't hear it. That's no good. That's better. Yes. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, tell us about this competition. We ran a competition several millennia ago. <laughs> 
um, where the question was, uh, what are the stories that uh, Elizabeth Klein has appeared in? Oh. And the answer was David Richardson. Oh, Cold Dits. Yeah. Thousand Tiny Wings. Yeah. Uh, Klein's story in Survival of the Fittest. Yeah. The Architects of History. Yeah. Uh, Unit Dominion. Yes. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. So now, now, some people didn't put Unit Dominion, but I think we're letting them get away with it because it wasn't actually out when we set the competition up. Oh, okay. So it was a bit of a bit of a toss-up whether it should be in or not. So, Fair enough. What's no. on the train? Can you see? No, it was nothing. No. It was just an engine. Nuclear no. waste. <laughs> Can't hear sirens. I'm mutating. <laughs> But yes, the first prize was signed script fronts of Dominion. Ooh. And they are going to Daniel Tessier in Burgess Hill. Well, Good. brilliant. Were there any other prizes? Second prize was the script covers for the Sylvester McCoy trilogy, which were Ken. You were joking. <laughs> when I interview Ken at the studio, and even though we're doing the story that day, he can never remember the title of what we're going I am Ken Bentley and I am the director of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Without fail. Sorry. Fine. Well, that, Alan. been the last trilogy. Yes. The Black Tardis trilogy. Yes. That would be Protect and Survive. Yeah. Black and White. Yeah. Gods and Monsters. Right. So the person winning all of those script fronts is Michael Tutalian who's in Troy, M.I. Michigan, isn't it? I don't know. I was hoping someone else would fill in, so thank you. <laughs> or is it Missouri? Well, we'll find it. Well, we won't find out because I'll just post them to him, so we'll be none oh. the wiser. Yeah. Maybe he'll write in. Honestly, um, the, send it to the these, these winners were all picked out by Ken, by the way, earlier on, Comple oh. completely right. randomly. I asked him to pick some numbers, so he's, he's, he's chosen all of you people. And you're all welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ken. Um, listen, uh, I just want to briefly talk about Vienna because we've got a clip from Vienna. Tell we us have. about Vienna. There's Vienna. two more winners, yeah. Oh, was there? Yeah. Oh, you always sound like you've come to the end of things. <laughs> I know. All right, quickly then, There were two runners-up winners who got to pick a CD of their choice and those winners are Andy Wellock, who said, I'm pretty sure I won't win, but I'll enter nonetheless, even if it's only to make the numbers up. Well done. Yeah, and Peter Wood. Uh, he's in Beeston and Andrew is, that, is, is, that in, is in Watford. Huh? Beeston, is that not Nottingham Beeston or another it's got Beeston? It's got an NG postcode. That's so Nottingham, assuming, yes. Nottingham. Anyway, that is all of them. Sorry, carry on. Thank you. Are you sure there's nothing else? Mm, <laughs> yes. Good. Okay, David, Vienna. Vienna. Uh, Vienna is a character who was created by Johnny Morris for The Shadow Heart, one of our Doctor Who releases for last year. Um, and Chase Masterson just came in on the day and just did something wonderful. She, she did. Ken? She did. Oh, yeah. She just kind of sparkled. Yeah. So we just started talking about maybe creating a series for Chase as that character. Um, and I know some people have referred to it as a Doctor Who spin-off. I do not see it as a Doctor Who spin-off. It's its own thing. It's not set in the Doctor Who world at all. Uh, and we've recorded the first one, which is called the Memory Box. And it's a really clever, twisty-turny, Philip K. Dick-esque story, again by Johnny. Shall we have a clip from it? Yeah. Here we go. At last. Computer? Miss Salvatore. Prepare ship for launch. And fix me a caffeine drink and some carbonutrients. I'm exhausted. Very good. But first, before you left, you instructed me to give you a little reminder. What sort of reminder? Endochem Memoram S.A. Operatet. Yes! 
I remember. Computer, release assignment crystal. Releasing crystal. Play back contents of memory box to assignment crystal. Playing back contents of memory box. I walked into Barkley Silver's suite, where I found him sitting at the end of his bed in a silk kimono. Barkley Silver? Who are you? What are you doing in my suite? I didn't request... Somebody is very keen to see you dead. Offering seven million pole dats to whoever sends you to an early grave. So it is nothing personal. You understand. A purely business. <laughs> I then placed the gun in the shower cubicle and watched as it melted away in the hot Well, there's Vienna there. I think there was a slight fault on that uh, um, file there. So sorry, folks. There was a funny clicking noise, which will not be in the final production. Jamie Robertson just sent that hot, hot off the uh, sound design thing. Press. Hmm? Uh, yeah, oh, good. Yeah. Now, is there anything else that anyone would like to say before I go into uh, the first 10 minutes of the ghosts of Christmas past. Well, I wanted to play this in. Now, could you just explain, Ken, what that is? <laughs> Sorry, just talk over it. It'll okay. pro probably do you a favour at the end. It was for um, Voyage to the New World. <laughs> We required some sailors... Be, be quicker, Ken, because there's a bit which is just you in a minute. <laughs> we required some sailors singing, and nobody was brave enough to do it on the day. And I don't mind naming and shaming. The, the, the guys um, doing post, um, the, the chaps at um, Full Circle, um, were reluctant, to say the least, <laughs> to um, uh, uh, step up to the whatever it is you step up to um, and deliver in post. So... Um, uh, we were in the studio uh, doing something else and we needed sailors singing so I I volunteered <laughs> it isn't me on my own that was um, uh, myself and the uh, wonderfully charitable uh, Paul Midcalf I refused to take part David refused to take part <laughs> I thought it was a foolish endeavour <laughs> this is Ken on his own <laughs> really, I find this accent quite offensive. <laughs> now you know how we feel when you. I was channeling my inner sprang. Well, that sounds revolting. This <laughs> is nice. It's nice. I'll turn it off now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite relaxing. Right. Anything to add, folks? Why don't we should do our X Factor panel here and just <laughs> judge it? Yeah. I mean, it was obviously from the heart, but, you know, I don't think the public is really it, quite ready for this. In my defence, it didn't need to be good. <laughs> <laughs> is that what people on the X Factor say? Uh, I think I, you I, really made the song your own. <laughs> Thank you. I, I thought you gave What offensive accent was that? <laughs> you really made the song your own. <laughs> Was that Talisa you were doing? Yeah, that's right, yes. The well-known well Irish Talisa. Uh, uh, I Sorry, I'd been listening to Dark Eyes recently. I thought I could copy Ruth Bradley's accent, but I was wrong. You discovered that in public. Yep. Um, anything else to add, folks? I, I daren't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, I, I wanted to read out this, this email here yes. from Aaron Klimas that says, Merry Christmas, Big Finish crew. I hope you've all had an amazing year. The releases from Big Finish this year have been some of the best of the last decade. So many different types and styles of stories. There's something for everyone. Box sets, new, new stories, adaptations of old ones, material covering the last 50 years of Doctor Who, and now entering the world of Blake Seven, Benny, and so many others. And I love them all. Big Finish has been a constant companion for me over the last 10 years, from school, university, and now I'm married and will one day have a family of my own to introduce to the world of, do uh, world of Big Finish stories and adventures. <laughs> Merry Christmas to everyone there, and thanks for making my year that bit better and a bit brighter. Oh, well, that's nice. Well, could I just say thank you to all of you for coming along? Alan, Ken, and Paul and David. I hope you all have the holidays you deserve this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up now, a tantalising and substantial slice of the Christmas instalment of The Confessions of Dorian Gray, Ghosts of Christmas Past. Which will be going live today, tonight, midnight starting to play underneath me here Christmas 1912 the funeral of an old friend brings Dorian back to London but when his painting is stolen Dorian finds himself blackmailed only one man can help him a retired consulting detective named Sherlock Holmes it's by Tony Lee and it stars Alexander Vlahos as Dorian and some bald bloke as Sherlock Holmes <laughs> And to all of you at home, may I convey my very best seasonal wishes? I think I can. It's something that we all strive for, to be remembered long after we have passed. Yet only in the kingdom of heaven will you live forever, as all memories fade over time and deeds are forgotten. Almighty God, into your hands we commend your son, Henry Wotton, in sure and certain hope of resurrection to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Hello, Henry. Historian. I'm sorry I wasn't there for the burial. I thought it would be bad form, you know, what with the manner about parting. I was watching, though from the trees over there. It looked like a good service. You'd have liked it. Although there was a distinct lack of wailing women throwing themselves onto your casket. Can I help you, my son? No, father. I was just paying my respects to a dear old friend. I didn't see you at the service. I felt it best to keep my distance. There are some members of the family who have long memories. Uh, I see. Did you know Lord Wooten well, Mr... Grey. And, yes, I knew him very well. You might not believe it, Father, but I'm a lot older than I look. I was close to Henry a lifetime ago. I've been away on the continent for a while, but we were the firmest of friends before that. <laughs> my son, you can't be older than twenty. Twenty-one at best. You would have been just a baby. Look into my eyes. I'm sorry? Look into my eyes. Then tell me how old I am. No? <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought not. I am not in the mood for games, my son. This is a day of bereavement. Do you think me a playful fool, father? I grieve harder than anyone else who's been to this gravesite today. 
Harry knew me at my best. When I was innocent, young, pure. I am damned, you see now, Father. Damned to live while my friends die like... like flies around me. Are you all right, my son? Mr. Grey? Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. I was... distracted. That woman over there, the one walking towards the gates, do you know her father? I'm afraid I do not. She was at the funeral, but apart from that, neither of us had met before today. Why? She died 30 years ago. Excuse me, father. Excuse me! You there! Wait! Sybil! go, sir. 221B Baker Street. Thank you, my good man. Here, keep the change. Merry Christmas. Why, thank you kindly, sir. If I may. Go on. Well, there was a time when the only reason to come to 221B was to seek help from the great detective, Sherlock Holmes. That's not why you're here, is it? Dr. Watson's pieces in the Strand magazine. Would it matter if I was? Well, no, not so much. It's just that he's been gone these last nine or so years. Up sticks and left one day. Really? Where to? Well, nobody really knows, to be honest. Some say he's in America, others say he's in Germany. Old Tom says he's a beekeeper in Sussex now, but he drinks a lot, so we ignore him. I see. And Dr. Watson? Oh, he still visits from time to time. Keeps a place like a shrine, he does. Almost like he expects a great man to return. So, what brings you to Baker Street, Mr...? Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. And you could say I'm... Returning. Blimey! A Merry Christmas to you too then, Mr. Holmes. Wait till my missus hears about this. Can I help you? Well, I certainly hope so, Billy. Glory be! Mr. Holmes! <laughs> what a surprise. Please, do come inside. Oh, Mrs. Hudson will be so annoyed that she missed you. <laughs> she still comes by, you know. Would have been such a Christmas present for her. Indeed. I won't be here long, though, I'm afraid. I'm meeting my brother Mycroft for Christmas dinner, and then I shall be returning home tomorrow. And Dr. Watson? Will he be arriving too? No, I believe that Dr. Watson will be spending Christmas with his wife's family this year. I felt it best not to disturb him. So, I see that nothing's changed in all the years. <sighs> Look at this. I wondered where I'd left it. London misses you, Mr. Holmes. Unfortunately, Billy, I do not miss London. Thank you for allowing me in. As I said, I won't stay long. Stay as long as you want, sir. Here's a key, in case you misplace yours. 
Your bed, as always, is made up in your room. Thank you. I appreciate it. Mr. Holmes? Are you all right? You look like you've seen a ghost. Come here a moment, would you? See that man across the street? The one watching this house, sir. You want me to go brush him away? I just wanted confirmation of his existence. That my mind wasn't playing tricks on me. Oh, we get a lot of gawkers around here. What were the stories and such like? Oh, why? He's gone. How do you manage that, then? It doesn't matter, Billy. I've seen that man before. Not in the flesh, but in photographs. Photographs of a young man yet to become the villain he was destined to be. That man looked exactly the same as Professor James Moriarty, ten years before we ever met. Good afternoon and a very Merry Christmas to you. Welcome to the Bentick Hotel. Can I be of assistance? Yes, I have rooms booked in my name. Gray. My bags should already have arrived. Gray. Ah, uh, yes, we've placed you in the Victoria Suite. Your bags were taken up earlier. And the crate? There should have been a crate with the bags. About so tall? Yes, sir. As per your wishes, the package was taken to a secure room. Excellent. Well, in that case, I'd like to... Ah. Sir? Are you all right? <sighs> My, that's a bad burn on your hand there. Would you like me to call for a doctor? What do you mean? A burn? I don't understand. I can't burn. The paintings... The painting... Quick, man, take me to my crate! But, sir, you're... Now, damn it! You see, sir, it's, it's, it's perfectly safe. Give me something to open it with. Now, man! Here, but I, I, I don't know what good you think it'll do you. It's gone. My portrait, it's gone. There's nothing. Are you saying there's something missing? Of course there's something missing. Do you think me, the kind of man who takes an empty box everywhere he goes? Don't be a fool. There should be a painting in here. Something more valuable to me than life itself. Tell me, has anyone asked for me since this arrived here? Well, it is one of our busiest seasons, so... Think, man. Think! Uh, no, no, wait. There was... No, no, there was someone. Uh, Oh, a woman, early twenties, blonde hair. A long black coat. Why, yes. Do you know her? Oh, I can't. It's impossible. And yet, she was at a funeral I attended. Did you by any chance catch her name? Uh, um, wait. I think it was something like Vane. Vane. Do you think she was involved? I'll inform the manager about the theft immediately. No. No, don't do that. I don't want the police involved. I'll find the thief myself. How will you do that? Whoever stole it left me a note, see? And to get the painting back, I have to perform a single task on their behalf. What sort of task? An impossible one, I'm afraid. By midnight tomorrow, as Christmas Eve becomes day, I must kill a legend.